Hello and welcome to episode 37 of Together, a Brighton and Nova Albion podcast. Um, judging by the title, we have a lot to cover. Hey, um, Cardiff, Wolves, Spurs and Newcastle uh, need to be took a look at today. So um, our top five stories of the week are going to be dominated by those four games, obviously. Um, either having been played or the ones coming up because uh, it's worth talking about all of them because this is possibly the the biggest week and a half in our last 10, 15 years um, in terms of staying in the Premier League. Uh, This is a huge one. So uh, however we cover the top five stories of the week, um, we do need one more. So it's a good job we have one. Um, I've digged into the archives and I've got quite comfortably a fifth story for the week. Uh, So instead of going with the top five in order of importance or order of something I like to have going from top to bottom, I'm going to go in chronological order on this one. So, without further ado, let's get over what has been a roller coaster of a week, starting inevitably at Cardiff on Tuesday night. Now, it's always tough when covering this amount of games in a podcast episode. Um, so, I'm incredibly lucky that Russ uh, from last week's show sent us some uh, pretty raw analysis of the of the game in the car on the way home. Uh, And by roar, I mean uh, emotional. Um, Like he's not crying or anything, but he he really speaks to how I think a lot of us felt that evening. And we'll lead off on that and we'll bounce off of that onto the rest of the show. So take it away. This is Russell, 10.20pm on... Tuesday evening, just got back to the uh, location for my car, about to drive home all the way back to North London, complete with a disastrous result from tonight, uh, a 2-0 defeat to Cardiff, off the back of a 5-0 home defeat by Bournemouth, this is an absolute disaster, it's our worst fears realised completely isn't it really, On, I mean the form has been deteriorating throughout this calendar year, we've got worse as it's gone on. We've looked more disjointed. We've looked less and less likely to be able to create goals, particularly from open play. We've scored fewer and fewer goals in matches and created fewer and fewer chances, particularly shots on goal. Subsequently, we've got into the stage now where we are in a position where we're under pressure more than we should have been. We should have been home and hosed, really, after the way the first half of the season went and with the fixtures that we had coming up um, around about the early springtime. But with a consistent lack of good performances or results in most of our games recently, apart from the Huddersfield Palace sequence, we've now come to the point where we've had that appalling 5-0 home defeat by Bournemouth, a game in which we were looking all right and we were in it. At 1-0 down, it was disappointing, but terrible defending, but we were still in the game. We then potentially could have had two different players sent off for Bournemouth, which may have made the game very different. That didn't happen. Okay, bit of bad luck maybe there. Certainly it was a headbutt for the first one. Second one could have been a, a second yellow for Nathan Aki. Haven't seen that back, so can't say for sure. We then conceded a second goal in that game. And from there, our heads dropped. Uh, Anthony Knockhart's head went. He just went nuts. Went flying in. Completely screwed us over, both in that game and for his part in the subsequent three games that he won't now be able to make. Um, he may well have made a difference tonight, possibly. Who knows? But he screwed us over and we completely fell apart. Heads went completely down and we 
lost all of our shape. Our defending has been concerningly deteriorating in the last few weeks. The one really strong point that we've always had um, in last season as well as this season, that's gone to pot. And tonight, it's not as heavy a defeat in terms of the actual scoreline as the Bournemouth game, but I thought tonight's game against Cardiff was equally as bad a result. Bournemouth were on terrible form. They'd hardly won any games in their last 10 or 11 and were off form in general, uh, 10 or 11 away and uh, off form in general. And they were just um, essentially not looking confident, looking second best. We allowed them to get into the game. We allowed them to score. And then they got on a roll and started playing with confidence. And they've got a really good front line. They will score goals and hurt you if you're very poor in a match. And they did. And the score line ended up being a record defeat was terrible. There's no two ways about that. Tonight, we're playing a much poorer team. A side, yes, it's only 2-0 rather than 5. I say only. That's a terrible result at home to a relegation place side. But it was the manner of defeat again today. First half, we did come out with a lot of purpose. We wanted to show a reaction. The players did. The fans were fantastic at the beginning, really getting behind them. Everyone was on board with the same focus. We started brightly. But unfortunately, as has been the case for a number of weeks, the final third has been the issue. We didn't create any clear-cut chances. I've heard word there may have been a possible penalty shout that should have been given as a penalty. Don't know about that. I haven't seen it back. Um, I think that might have been to do with Murray. But having looked at the game, we, as I say, we started brightly, but we couldn't make any impact. Cardiff scored a goal pretty much against the run of play with their first meaningful chance. A good, well-taken goal, but pretty unlucky from our point of view. We did carry on trying to keep the same attitude. Um, to go forward and be positive. So up to that point, despite the disappointment and the nerve-wracking nature of going a goal down, I was still on board with it. I think most of the fans were. and We were fantastic tonight. We made a lot of noise. But gradually, as the game wore on, we deteriorated. Um, at half-time, disgustingly, some of the fans were booing the team off. Yes, of course, it's a distressful situation to be in, going, a goal, going in a goal down in a game we must not lose. But... The players did at least try, were a little bit unlucky and certainly didn't deserve to be behind. So the booing was out of order. However, it was drowned out by the far greater number of people, myself included, who disagreed with the booing and we just drowned them out with some songs. And um, I'm really glad we gave the players that response as they walked off the pitch. So up to half-time, despite the, defeat, uh, the deficit of 1-0, I was still in positive frame of mind. Second half, we came out... And just gradually we got worse and worse as the game went on. Our passing was terrible. Um, there was no focus. There didn't seem to be... The shape was going a little bit. But mainly it was just the passing was so bad. We were giving the ball away. We were passing it out of play into touch. Um, so many loose balls and clumsy play. Cardiff, who were a poor side, let's make no bones about that, they are a poor side, should not be winning games away. Um, really to anyone in this division, barring the sides directly below them. But um, they are a poor side, but they got the second goal. And they got the second goal, that was it. Game was over, we just got worse and worse. Absolute shambles. I know that Chris Hewton was probably very close to the sack after uh, Saturday. I would not be at all surprised uh, from that. Having then followed that with tonight's uh, well, second half performance and result... Um, I think he's probably a goner, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's not gone by breakfast. Very, very disappointing. Uh, again, it was the response from the crowd at the end, as I understand it, was that it was pretty similar to Saturday. 
a load of the fans had gone, so it wasn't too toxic in the way that, say, the Millwall game was when Sammy Hoopier was on the brink of the sack um, a couple a few years ago. But um, I can't. I say apparently because I didn't stay for the first time in 30 years. I left the game before the end. I'd had enough, really. I didn't want to see any see any of the uh, the rest of the match. I didn't want to hear the boos. This was yeah, just three or four minutes from the end of the match, but uh, plus stoppages. But I just couldn't I couldn't face any more of that. And also, really, didn't I had to walk past the Cardiff away end um, on the way to the coach park where I was getting a shuttle bus, and I didn't really want to face gloating Cardiff fans. To be honest, tonight uh, it's depressing enough as it is. So I left early for the first time in 30 years. That sums up something, anyway doesn't it but a terrible night I don't know where we're going to get the wins from now it's going to be pretty pretty dire Newcastle is the easiest game on paper uh, the home match that's coming up in a couple of weeks but to be honest they're going to be pretty tough to get anything from particularly the way we're playing at the moment our away games are going to be a nightmare I would imagine given who we've got and our other home game is Man City I can't see anything happening with that one so it's looking like we're going to go down at the moment. I don't see any hope as it currently stands. We'll just have to wait and see how it pans out. But that's me signing off Russell, uh, very depressed in Brighton, on my way back on a nice long drive home to North London. Wonderful. Up the Albion. All right. As always, thank you. Everybody who uh, who sends in any feedback or analysis, you will always make it on the show. Uh, this is a show by a fan for the fans. So as many fans that want to get on here and voice their views, please do uh, treat it like a phone-in, treat it like a like your own diary if you want. Um, anything you have to say will make it onto the show. So always feel free to reach out to me together at bha at gmail.com or on the Twitter account altogether BHA on Facebook, altogether BHA on Instagram. Uh, Twitter is where I'm at. I'm much more uh, vocal and active on there, but I do monitor my accounts, although I should really post more on the other platforms, but it is what it is. Um, So I feel like Russ is one of the more positive fans I know. That probably makes this report probably a lot more damning than if it was just coming from me or anybody else because he is such a positive uh, fan. So it really just it really does display where we all sat on Tuesday evening. As we all know, Hutton is in the job. We're, we're recording this on a Sunday. Uh, and that is what it is. Um, I think it's time to sort of pull up the big boy pants and get on with it. So, you know, Cardiff was an absolute mess. Um, looking at it from today, which is quite a, quite a ways away from Tuesday, uh, two shots on target at home to Cardiff. Uh, Absolutely atrocious. Uh, I thought we were going back to basics that night. 4-4-1-1 came out of the gate. Looked like a bright spot. But as soon as we let that second goal in, everything just went to pot. Uh, It seemed that no matter what formation we played on Tuesday night, defensively, we seemed to be absolutely awful, uh, as Russ said. And as he also said, it seemed like everyone was up for it. The penalty shout he was talking about was absolutely a penalty. We should just accept at this point we don't get these opportunities this season. If we do manage to perform the miracle that is staying up after our run of form in the last couple of games, and the amount of goals we've conceded in the last couple of games, next year we should probably be looking at a top seven finish because the amount of 
uh, karma that's going to come around for us next year is going to be outrageous because clearly things do not even themselves out over the course of a season as so many pundits and analysts like to say we have been routinely bashed on that side of the coin so next season you've got to hope that even if we go down you've got to hope that karma comes back and gives us some helping hands all the way through because we've probably been cost 10 points this season off of bad decisions. Um, and those 10 points could be the difference between staying up and going down, obviously. Uh, and like I said, once that second goal went in, it all went to hell. Heads went down. Players were arguing with each other constantly. Uh, Shane Duffy was misplacing passes and then shouting at the referee. Like, <laughs> I don't know what was going on. Uh, it was just absolute rubbish. Um, there is no good or bad on this one. It was just bad. Uh, I mean, Kyle throwing his bib to the floor in, in anger at not getting on the pitch. We only used two of our three substitutions on a night like that. Uh, I don't know what on earth was going through Chris's head, uh, but we've talked about it enough. We've covered it for the last 10 odd minutes. Let's move on to story number four. Uh, story number four is VAR. This is my non-match look for the week. And the reason this is here is because we need a fifth story. And although it isn't Albion-centric in this instance, uh, pushed on by the Champions League, it is something that will be implemented in the Premier League next year. And the ramifications of what could have been if it was in the Premier League this year that we just spoke about. Um, and obviously the hopes we have for it next year. Uh, a lot of people have came out this week wanting to not bother with VAR. And a lot of people have came out loving it. Um... And the reason it all really stemmed out was the was the Champions League games, especially the Manchester City Tottenham one, um, which was an absolute cracking game. If anybody uh, for the neutrals, which is probably all of us, uh, I hope. Um, although if you are listening and you're a Spurs or City fan, I, I mean, okay. Um, uh, it was a cracking game, but uh, yeah, a lot of people came out and it was the big talking point. Um, a lot of people think that it may take the raw emotion out of the moments. Um, they feel like they can't celebrate a goal until it's been, been confirmed, uh, that it's not natural or exciting or proper for the sport to be marred in this way. Uh, for me, I'm definitely pro VAR, and that's not just to do with the absolute shit show we've had this year for us. Um, I can't wait for it to be implemented, honestly. Uh, any help these officials can get, they should be getting. Personally, um, I'm of the opinion that we should be looking at a different kind of help for them. Uh, I would like to see some kind of, and this is way out there, and I don't even know if the technology is there for it, but uh, with the NFL and other, t other sports like this, with Hawkeye and pylon cams and all this sort of stuff, I feel there must be some kind of possible technology out there, but I would like some kind of robotic linesman uh, as opposed to... VAR personally um, because the subjective decisions are still going to be subjective even with VAR I would like there to be some kind of way of uh, and I, again I'm not sure how it would work with the with the technology and how we'd be able to track the specific different players as, as opposed to which teams which um, but I would love there to be some kind of way that we can have uh, machines run the line because A, they can keep up with the exact place of play that they should be, which real linesmen are really struggling with these days with the speed of the game. Um, and not only that, but it takes the entire idea of subjectivity out of it. It's a robotic Hawkeye-like decision, just like the one uh, for the goal line technology. If we could somehow implement that 
I would be much prefer. I would much prefer it. Um, VAR is going to be looked at for penalty decisions, I believe, red cards, uh, offside goals or offsides in the lead up, which happened on Tuesday. Um, and to me, like if you just bring in something like that, I- I'm I'm all for subject subjectivity um, for the decisions because they're right. That is what makes the game the game. Um, but I think in 20 years' time, regardless of whether you want to go with VAR, you want to go with uh, robotic linesmen, robotic sky cams, robotic anything, um, I think in 20 years' time, when your kids have grown up or when you're, when, you know, when they're 13, 14, they'll look back on us not having VAR is unthinkable. <laughs> it, it won't take the fun out of anything, I don't think. Uh, I think it will change the manner of the game. Of course it will. And I think it will make different aspects exciting. Um, I don't think it will take away the excitement. I think it will just change the way in which you celebrate things. Um, And, you know, (laughs) there's going to be a 100 goals in a season where you know all of them are absolute goals and you don't have to worry about a VAR check. You know what I mean? Um, I think people are blowing that idea of it slightly out of proportion. Um, And, you know, for those of you guys thinking it takes humanity out of football, uh, I mean, look at the NFL. The NFL has God knows how many different officiating... Get my words out. The NFL has goodness knows how many officials uh, refing a game, and they still make decisions wrong. So, you know what I mean? Like, it ain't going to take the humanity out of football at all. Um, And if you want one closer to home, the FA Cup is the perfect example. Because when you have Kyle Walker um, performing a headbutt and not getting sent off despite VAR looking back... You know, you can, you know that it isn't going to take the humanity out of football because two humans got the wrong decision. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about it. Um, I think it's going to be great for the game. I can't wait for it to take place. It's long overdue. Um, I know it's worked really well in some parts of the con- of the world and other parts it's failed miserably. So we'll just have to wait and see. Um, and on the Champions League, Ajax getting through, super cool. Spurs versus Ajax in the semi-final. For those of you who aren't Champions League fans at all, um, fair enough. But for those of you who like watching those games as a neutral, uh, that is going to be a treat of a semi-final and it's going to be a treat of a final to see one of those two get through. Um, and I hope that, you know, closer to home, Albion-centric, I hope that Spurs have one eye on that when we come to visit on Tuesday. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we get there. So... Moving on to story number three, the Wolves game. Um, We will do the good and the bad here. And there's a lot more good than bad. Um, I'll be honest, starting Tuesday night, uh, I did not expect to have any good from this. I expected us to probably get beat three or four nothing and just collapse and continue on our plunge to the bottom. Um, But we got a point. We got a clean sheet. Uh, Both of those could be monumental um, I'm report. I am recording before the Liverpool Cardiff game um, because I like to have that air of uncertainty about this recording. Um, the clean sheet is bound to bring some semblance of confidence back into the back five, surely. Um, especially with Matt Ryan making a couple of key saves to keep us in it yesterday. Um, I've seen a lot of people on social media over the last week wanting to drop Ryan for Button. Um, bizarre, bizarre call out for me. Uh, Ryan has not done a great deal wrong. This obsession with his height is just insane. People need to chill out. Um, you know, I don't think Button or Steele are really going to test him. Um, I think the only one who's going to test him is Christian Walton, 
who performed some absolute heroics against Leeds this weekend as well on Good Friday. If you missed it, uh, Christian Walton, or for those of you uh, who are less familiar with those players out on loan, is a young English goalkeeper with Albion. Um, he's out on loan at Wigan Athletic. Uh, they were down to 10 men, and he pretty much <laughs> played a one-man show at keeping Leeds out. Um, and Leeds are trying to get back into the Premier League, so I took great delight in him stopping that from happening. Uh Duncan Duffy made some great clearances. Um, they showed a real aura of calmness compared to the couple of games past. Um, their heads actually seemed to be in it somewhat. Um, and likewise, our fullbacks uh, both looked calm and good on the ball. Uh, I thought Stevens had an excellent game. Um, he made seven tackles yesterday. That was more than anyone on the team by a mile. Uh, two block shots. Um, he did get an early yellow card about half an hour in. And it had me cringing every time he went in for a challenge after that because we know that he is prone to continue to play at the same level regardless of a booking. And it scares me to death. But he was excellent today. Solly March, good performance from him. Five tackles, the second most, of course, behind Dale Stevens at right wing. You know he's going to put in a shift all the time. Uh, he also made three successful interceptions. That was more than anybody else as a right winger. He broke with pace. He beat his man enough times to make them not really adventure. Uh, Johnny really didn't look comfortable coming and attacking down the left-hand side. Um, and that was partially due to how well Solly March defended him. Uh, when Ruben Venega came on, uh, the Portuguese young left-back, he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, he caused us a lot of problems at the end. Um, and I'm glad that we were able to keep him out. Uh, and obviously the the big one yesterday, the big decision that was made uh, was bringing Gaetan Bong into the, into the mix um, and taking out Bernardo, who absolutely has been our best new signing. Um, and I, I, it's funny because I want to give Bong man of the match, um, but I can't. Um, I doubt there were many, but... Uh, Andy from New York Seagulls happy about Bong's return to the side. Uh, I know he was probably absolutely delighted with it. Uh, but Bernardo had been such a bright spark. Um, and it ended up being the absolute correct decision. Bong was just what the doctor ordered today. Uh, he did almost the perfect job. Um, he kept them totally quiet down that side. Uh, and, you know, Do Doherty or Doherty, however you want to pronounce it, um, has been a hell of a right back, right wing back for them. And he just kept him quiet. Um, but my man of the match has to go to the return of the King. King Beram Kayal returned to midfield after Davy Proper got hurt within the first 10 minutes. Uh, I believe that he didn't have a single touch of the ball in that 10 minutes. It was a stat that I saw from Opta, which was fun. Um, it was since Jason Roberts at Wigan, I believe. Um, he had garnered so much goodwill over the last few weeks, Kyle, with our performances without him. Um, people have been wanting to see him now for a week or two. They think that he was going to be the necessary bite in the midfield to give us some kind of uh, oomph. And he came in and won the shirt for the rest of the season. Right now, um, I can't see anybody who should be starting in that midfield above him. Uh, three tackles, one interception, two clearances... Uh, he pressured, he harried, he was the only one of the midfield three to break lines and push a defender, and they crapped their pants every time because it was so unpredictable as to when he was going to push, and when he did, he was so fast. Um, he is the impetus we've been crying out for, especially away from home. 
And there is absolutely nobody else that should be playing above him in that midfield three, if we're playing a three, which we did yesterday. Um, yeah, so number seven starts for me every game until the end of the season. He is the hero we need to get us through this. Um, he was fantastic yesterday. He absolutely should be starting for Spurs. He should be starting against Newcastle, especially. Um, he is exactly what we need. Um, on to the bad. Uh, there's only two. Um, the two the two bad. Uh, we didn't score again, nor did we look like scoring. Um, we had a registered five shots and zero on target. Uh, they rightfully didn't include Dale's 40-yard back pass <laughs> that basically was a back pass um when i mean when are we looking at scoring again uh you've got to think newcastle looks the most likely time for us to get a goal um because we're away at spurs in the middle of the week and then we've got arsenal and manchester city uh one at the one at the emirates and then manchester city come visiting you can't imagine a scoring any against those three um so newcastle looks like the time that we'll get a goal um and it's our eighth game in a row if we get that if we get there it will be our eighth game in a row without a goal. Um, if anybody knows what our longest barren record is, I would love to know. I can't find it anywhere. Um, I see North Stanchat asked the same question, and I believe they were looking at um, five or six games. So that would be a record breaker for us. How exciting. Um, and our second bad is the fact that our starting 11 today, yesterday uh, included zero summer signings. Um, not a single summer signing made it to the to the team today, um, and even when Proper went off hurt, he was replaced by a championship promotion player. Um, we went back to the OG squad, uh, and although we got a result, we, we sorely needed this once again. Uh, we needed the result. We needed we needed to do what by any means necessary. Um, but you know, it asked questions of Hutton and the recruitment. Uh, what is going on here? Are we are we signing players uh, that aren't ready for Premier League football? Are we signing players that Hutton doesn't want? Is Hutton asking for players and they're not using them? Um, it's going to be interesting in the summer. Um, I honestly, if we stay up or we go down, I can't see Chris here next year. So it's going to be very interesting to see who comes in in the summer and how they choose to strengthen, who they choose to get rid of. Is going to be very very interesting. Um, but we'll see. Uh, they're the only two bads I've got because we gained a point and it was a hard-fought one and it was a needed one. Um, story number two, Tottenham this weekend, this week rather, on Tuesday. Um, it is essentially a free hit. Let's not pretend otherwise. Um, but, you know, there, there are advantages to try and take care of. Um, they have just played two games against Manchester City. Uh both in the Champions League and the Premier League. They had Harry Kane hurt. He's probably out for the rest of the season. Son Heung-min has played a lot of football in the last couple of weeks. Deli Ali has played a lot of football in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we've got to hope that we catch them at the right time. They have a brand new stadium, although they've played well there so far. Um, it is a brand new stadium, and there is always that slight uncertainty when playing in a new place. Um... We have a great opportunity to just go there, play a free hit, and try and do the same thing as we did on the weekend. Except, you know, I think that we'll probably see Andone in for Murray. Um, but I would prefer not to see anybody else change. Um, I would like to name an unchanged side and keep everybody there and see if they can grind out another result. Because if they can, 
going into Newcastle, it would be monumental, um, undoubtedly. But, you know, they're, they're still going to have so many players that we need to be terrified of. Son, Trippier, Eriksen, Lucas Moura, Deli Alley. You know, these players are not going to come here. Like, they're not going to dick around. They're, they're still fighting for that top four spot. Um, they have a Champions League semi-final to think about. They don't want to lose their, uh, their momentum in that way. Uh, we need to we need to be very, very disciplined. Um, think back to the performance we had at Anfield at the beginning of the year um, and a couple of other defensive um, masterpieces that we took care of at the beginning of the year. Um, and the biggest thing that we're going to have to do to avoid losing to Tottenham is don't give away set pieces because they're able to score a lot from set pieces. Uh, they have some incredibly dangerous people behind that ball. Eriksen, Trippier, there's, there's numerous. We need to be careful. Um, they're incredibly good at finishing those chances, so we need to try and keep them to to a minimum. <clears throat> and that really goes hand in hand with the fact that they are going to look to counter-attack us at pace, just like any other top six team. Um, if we do open up, we need to be very ready to come back because that tends to be how we get beaten by top 16 teams. Uh, we attack and we get out for the first time in 40 minutes, and then as soon as we get over our, our half of the pitch... They come running down and score a goal. <laughs> so we need to be very careful about it. Um, and, you know, they are weak at... They, they do concede a lot more goals than most teams in the top six. Um, they aren't good at protecting leads. They aren't good in the air, um, especially against the bigger players. So that could be a place that we're looking for. Um, so it's going to be important to see if we can, we can take advantage of the sheer amount of work they've had to do in the last couple of weeks and see if we can get a result that would stun everybody i think if we can get anything from it but it is a free hit it's up to hewton how he wants to play it my fingers are crossed that he goes for it um and plays that same team that he likes in the first place and goes for that horrible turgy gritty football that ground us out a point against wolves um my fingers are crossed but we'll see um and then story number one it's next weekend, probably the biggest game of the year. Um, you've got to imagine that Liverpool will probably come away with all three points today. Uh, God, I hope I'm right. <laughs> um, and you've got to imagine we probably won't get anything against Spurs. So we will be looking at next weekend, uh, Fulham play at home to Cardiff on the Saturday at 3 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock 10 o'clock Eastern for those in the U.S., um, and Brighton play at 12.30 or 5.30, depending on where you're at, um, we will know what we have to do. We are three points clear. If Cardiff can get a win against Fulham, we know that we need to beat Newcastle. There is no other option. Um, if Cardiff get beat by Fulham, who are certainly starting to find some form, way too late in the season for them, but they are starting to find form, um, it will be... You know, you've got to think that a point would be enough then because they would be four points clear with only six points to win. Um, and although Manchester United are on a horrible run of form, their last game at Old Trafford is unlikely to be uh, a game they allow Cardiff to come away with three points. So it all rests on, on that three o'clock kickoff with Fulham against Cardiff. If Fulham can do us a huge favour, you know, we are, we are in a position where fate is in our own hands all the way through i mean it is anyway right like regardless of what fulham do uh against cardiff fate is in our own hands 
Um, we just need to match or beat Cardiff's results. Um, and they have as many tough games as we do. So, Newcastle, I think we need to try and beat them regardless. We have a good record against them um, in the Premier League, not so much uh, in the Championship, but, you know, we have a good record against them. We, we've ground out results against them in the past. Um, they aren't scoring a crap ton of goals either, you know. They've only scored three more goals than us this season. Um, 35 appearance, like 35 games, 35 goals. Uh, they are a team that we can take advantage of. They are a team that plays in a way that would suit us to beat them. Um, we need to be very aware of some of their better players. Jose Perez scored a hat-trick this weekend. Need to be very careful of him. Um, Matt Ritchie has caused us nothing but problems over the years. Need to be very careful of him. Uh, and previously, I was I was not worried, but I was very concerned about Miguel Almiron. Um, Alm Almiron? Almiron? Um, he was their centre midfielder they signed and looked a different gravy and he's hurt. Um, it looks like he's probably out for the season, which is an absolute blessing for us. Uh, you can't see them doing anything with that. Uh, and I think that, you know, if we're going to get a result against Newcastle, um, we need to be careful about them pressing us in our own half. Um, we need to be careful about them attacking down the wings. Uh, this is another game for Bong, unbelievably. I can't believe I'm saying it, but it is. Um, we need to be very defensively resolute, and he's someone who can really take somebody like Matt Ritchie out of the game um, and he's going to have to be that man uh, I think Bernardo can do it too but I have a sneaky feeling Bernardo might start Tuesday um, you know that that like us that they struggle at scoring they struggle at keeping possession of the ball just like us um, and their biggest weakness is the same as us with fouling in defensive area in dangerous areas um, we're both incredibly poor at this uh, and I can't help but think that the game is probably going to be decided on a set piece. Um, I can see a 1-0 either way. I'll be shocked if it ends 0-0. Um, I can see it ending 1-0 either way. And I can see it being from a set piece. So it just needs to be us that gets it. Uh, they're weak at it. We're weak at it. Terrifying to think that that's the case. But it is what it is. Uh, it all comes down to that, I think. You know, we just need to grind out this result. It's not going to be pretty... Uh, they play a back five uh, similar to Wolves. Um, and, you know, it's a formation that we've been very successful against over the last couple of... Over this season, at least. It's a, it's a formation we've done well against. Um, Ryan absolutely keeps his place. Uh, and obviously, I don't want to go too much into team selection, actually. I was going to, but I don't think there's any need to. Um, because we don't know what it's going to look like after Spurs on Tuesday. People could be hurt. People could be fit again. Um, so that's probably it from me. Uh, we have a huge week coming up, a free hit against Spurs, and the most rough weekend coming up for for us watching Cardiff play early and then watching us come on at 5 o'clock is far from ideal um, for the heart rate. So have a great week. Uh, hopefully we can be recording on Sunday uh, with some good news as opposed to pure depression. Um, have a good week. And I will see you next week.